Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. We thank you for joining us here on the Bachelor News Radio Network, Blog Talk, StreamYard, uh, IBM TV, uh, Big Mind Entertainment, uh, and others. We continue to bring you uh, this bad boy. We thank you for joining us, too. And don't forget, if you missed any part of the broadcast, you can always go to our uh, Facebook page at L.A. Bachelor. L.A. Bachelor at YouTube, and of course, if you want to be a part of our e-blast where we send out all our emails, make sure you hit us up at Bachelor 40 at gmail.com. Always good to have uh, our, our, our guest on, always good to, to talk some HBCU football, and we're going to do that right now. Uh, he is the uh, interim coach at Bowie State. Bulldogs coming off a tough loss, very tough loss, but certainly one of the best teams traditionally in the CIAA North. He is Kyle Jackson. And coach, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much, sir. LA, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you. Yes, bro. Yes, bro. I appreciate what you're doing. Listen, tough loss. Um, one of those games that went back and forth um, and, you know, overtime loss to Virginia Union. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of bittersweet because Virginia Union was wiping the floor up with everybody. And you guys played them tough. I mean, it, it, it's been a, a real tough stretch for you when you play in these two Virginia schools. You get the the, the win in Petersburg uh, against Virginia State, and then come up short by three in overtime uh, to Union. Yeah, we know when it, whenever it comes to CIAA North, man, it's always going to be a challenge. You know, we kind of uh, consider we consider it the gauntlet. Uh, you know, because we always have like a three game stretch with. Uh, Virginia State, Virginia Union, and Shawan, you know, so um, in no specific order, you know, those three games, we know that we always got to be prepared 
um, to try to come on, come out on top with not even all three, um, or you know just go ahead and come out with a winning record. You know, it's one of those things where we understand as the season go on, and that's going to be the three game stretch eventually. So you know, try to come out on top, brother man. Nothing but respect for Coach Parker and Virginia Union. Um, a pretty good football program has been consistently good as well. You know, um, like I say, we just we just fell short. You know, fell short against them this weekend. Well, you had him. Uh, uh, we had him on next week. He showed so much respect, Coach, for your program and what you do. Uh, interesting enough, you guys uh, really threw the ball well, obviously for, for for obvious reasons, but struggled in stopping their run game. They had almost 250 yards rushing. Was it anything schematically that they did? that gave y'all any issues? Um, man, nothing but respect for Jay Tobias, man. He's a he's a great athlete. Um, I had the opportunity to meet the young man during media day this, uh, this summer, you know, and I, I gave him my respects then, and I still give him the respect, man. He's a great, a great running back. Um, schematically, um, they didn't really do too much that we wasn't uh, prepared for. You know, it was one of those things that uh, – we did we didn't tackle very well um, as a, as a defense. You know, we had a few opportunities to get him on the ground, and you know, he did what good backs do and kept the feet moving and was able to break tackles. You know, so um, you know, like I say, we it was it was one of those things where we kind of hurt ourselves with you know the way that we tackled. Talking uh, of course uh, of Bowie State uh, football here on the Bachelor News Radio Show when you. Also look at some of the uh, uh, stats, Coach, when um, you look at uh, uh, the penalties. Uh, they had a lot, but the, so did you. Um, but also, I think the key was, you know, when you look at third downs, you did well. Uh, it, it, it just seems as though in terms of, you know, uh, turnovers and everything, I mean, you – you shut them down defensively on third down. They were only four of 12. Uh, they only had 25, uh, 25 minutes of, of time of possession. And their penalties were 13 and 123. How do you equate the running game to those numbers that worked in your favor? In other words, you were less on a penalty. You were better on third down. You're even better on fourth down and time of possession, uh, possession, yet you give up the 250 on the rushing and you lose the game in overtime. Uh, well, you know, you sit back, you know, you look at the numbers, you know, but, you know, you talk about the actual game. Um, you know, we had some penalties and some – we actually had some penalties and some uh, key positions or key times during the game, you know, that kind of hurt us, that set us back. Um, you know, uh, so it was a lot of things, a lot of different variables that play matter in it, you know, so um, we just, it's just some things that we got to get better at. Um, yeah, just some things that we got to get better at and take care of our own and capitalize on some situations, you know, it's definitely uh, some points that we left on the field um, and they capitalized on, you know, so uh, like I say, they had the opportunity, they took advantage of the opportunities uh, that they had and we missed out on some. Y'all still there? 
We're trying to get close to that camera so we'll get them on the air. And uh, we will uh, talk more about Bowie State and, and their future. So um want to stay by there for that. Uh, 563-999-3472 is the number to get in touch with us. I'd hear from you, and we will uh, get, hopefully, Coach back on the line to finish up uh, what he was saying on the back. Coach and Coach, I, I appreciate your patience. Uh, we apologize for that uh, uh, disconnect, sir. Um, but you know, the 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 North has been the place um, in terms of winning championships in CIAA football. Uh, you guys, of course, have no surprises there. You've been doing it for quite some time. Um, do you see a shift, though, in terms of how the South looks with Winston-Salem State with their struggles and Fayetteville State, you know, losing games and things? You got John C. Smith and, and Shaw winning some big games. Uh, you know, do you see any shift in, in regards to the South? Because I know you guys beat each other up in the North, of course, but you still have to play the South and Salem to 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 win a championship. Um, it's one of those things, man. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, you've had the constant, um, what a consistent winning with uh, ourselves, Virginia State, Virginia Union, um, and Shawan, you know, um, where so it's still some good programs in the South, man. Like you say, but they're going through some change and things of that sort, so. Uh, Fayetteville, Coach Hayes is doing a great job with those guys down there, so I know they will always be ready. Uh, Coach Jones at Shaw, um, like I said, he had uh, he had those guys ready, you know, when we went down and played them. Um, so, you know, like I said, it's one of those things where um, you never know in the CIAA. It could be – it could change real fast. You know, every Saturday is a battle, though. So, um, looking forward to see how the rest of the season shape out. When you uh, uh, look at your your place, sir, um, coming in to a situation right now, and I mean three games, uh, if I'm not mistaken, three games left, um, you know, interim, that interim tag, and we've seen people before have that interim tag, and then they've been successful, and then some haven't. So when you look at that, what is it, uh, what's your desires, and, and, and what is it you think you need to do to take that interim off and be the head football coach of one of the best football teams at the D2 level? Well, for me, L.A., one of the things, um, my mindset, 
uh, with the entrance tag, you know, I go to work every day, man, one day at a time. You know, I can only that's control right. what I can control, and that's that's my energy stepping in, in front of my guys every day, you know. So um, that's my mindset going into this thing, you know. Um, granted, I'm a Bowie State, I'm a Bowie State guy, you know. I played my under, well, I got my undergraduate degree from there. I played my ball there as well. But that was my first coaching stop. So to be able to lead the program that got me started, um, man, it's it's like a it's like a it's, it's a blessing, man. It's a gift, you know. So um, if that was granted to me, I would I would definitely greatly appreciate it. But you know, as of right now, you know that tag is still there. So I'm just going to continue to keep my head down and work. Um, my guys know my mentality. They know my expectations, um, and I'm gonna continue to instill that until things change, you know. But as long as as long as I'm in front of those guys, I'm gonna continue to lead them the same way. But you know what, you are, you are a, a exceptional player, and it it helps you that you know the program and you know the standard, which is what you're talking about. Like guys know who I am and that kind of thing. It but is it added pressure playing there and then coaching there? You got the instrument. Is it added pressure to be? Bowie State's new coach, um, knowing the standard that when you played, right, and then now you're coaching. Um, there's really no pressure uh, in my eyes. I know everybody on the outside looking in, you know, uh, with what Coach Damon Wilson has done with the program prior to me taking over. Um, but for me, like I said, there's no pressure. Um, coach Damon Wilson is one of my mentors and a great friend of mine, you know, and I talked to him at least once a week, um, but I'm not, I'm not Damon Wilson, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I expressed that early on when I first took the job that I wasn't him, um, but I'm going to work hard as Kyle Jackson, and my name is on, my name is in front of this program, so I'm going to make sure I put my best foot forth every day that I'm, that I'm, that I'm a part of the program, so um, it's no pressure. I mean, I just, I'm a hard worker, so uh, I'm going to let my work speak for itself. And, 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 I mean, you guys, look, Shawan is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the north and second place, and you guys are tied with really ahead of uh, Virginia State since you beat them head on uh, um, uh, for third. So what what are the goals at this point um, moving forward in these last three games? Uh, we, ha- we have a win-the-day uh, mindset at Bowie State. You know, so it starts, you know, our work week starts on Sundays, you know, come in, watch film, get our work in, you know, and, and get out. So um, going into every every day, moving forward for this rest of the season, we're going to put our hard hats and go to work, um, understanding that, you know, uh, there's, still, there's still a possibility for postseason play, uh, but it, right. that's only going to happen if we take care of our business every day, you know. So um, we're looking at it day by day, you know, be successful, come out on top on each day, and then we'll be fine. That The bigger picture will pay itself by us taking care of the small things. Breast Cancer Awareness, uh, this coming Saturday, the time of this broadcast, uh, you get the second-place team in Shawan. I think it's a 4-2 or whatever, the 5-1 and one or whatever. Um, at home, you get them at home. And this goes a long way to what you were talking about in terms of um, uh, winning football and, and maybe postseason play. So, what are the keys to getting a dub at home against a very good Shawan University team? 
Um, our key to success this weekend is Bowie State playing Bowie State football, limiting our mistakes, um, limiting it, taking care of the ball, um, sustaining sustaining good drives, you know, uh, getting off the field when we need to. Um, that's our mindset, man, being the, being the best team that we can be. Uh, whenever we're at our best, uh, we feel like we could take on any, any team in the nation, uh, you know, so it's just about taking care of small things for us and we playing our best brand of football. What does it mean to you personally to make the postseason in your in your position? I, I, I'm not even talking about okay, you win and they give you the job, but just in your position and and being an alum, what does it make? What does it mean to you if you guys make the postseason? Oh man, it, it means a lot. You know, um, I remind my guys all the time that. Uh, if you know a little bit about Bowie State football, we haven't always been a postseason team. You know, uh, right. we play our 10 games, you know, and it might be, oh, we might be turning our equipment in, you know. So being able to be in a position to play past, you know, week 10, um, that would be a blessing, you know. And then actually being, you know, leading the program to that, you know, I've been on the staff the past few years where we have played in the postseason, but actually – you know, being the leader of 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 the program and getting to the postseason on my first my first year it would be it would be great it would be great. But you know, I remind my guys at all times that it's always bigger than us. You know, it's about the Bowie culture um, that was built long before us. You know, so everything that we do is always it's always more meaning behind it because we don't just do it just for ourselves. We do it for the whole Bowie State community and the culture that was built long before us. Well, I got to tell you, man, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the line, but that defense, thanks to you, you know, I know you you played, you, you coached on the other side and tight ends and all that, but you did coach linebackers. That defense, when y'all were doing what you did last year in particular, is a credit to your um, your schematics and things that you did. So, uh, hats off to you for that. Um, big big game coming up against Shawan. You're at home. Um, so we wish you guys the best. And I, I, I got to tell you, too, I mean, Bowie's been the standard. So what you're doing, Coach Jackson, is, uh, you know, it's a standard. <laughs> so even if you don't win the, the Northern Division, you guys are still the standard. And so we appreciate you coming on, uh, doing what you're doing, and 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 talking about it, and and uh, let's get you on, especially if you guys make postseason, man. Uh, we'd love to have you back Absolutely. on. So, Coach Jackson, thank you so so much, sir. I appreciate you. Appreciate you for having me, Ali. I just wanted to one time before I get off, man. I had to. I know we asked a lot about myself, man, but I wanted to, you know, just shout out my coaching staff, man. It's a, you know, this thing wouldn't be the way it is or, you know, this thing wouldn't be going on without those guys, you know. So uh, my coaching staff, my two coordinators, Coach Avery Williams and Matt Matt Goggins, um, alongside of the other guys there, man. It's, it's you know, this thing has been a transition, you know, and those guys been with me the entire time, you know. So definitely want to make sure I credit them for all of their hard work as well. Yeah, and loyalty is important with, with you know, Coach Wilson's gone. And you've been talking to him, and a lot of coaches left, but you still got what you got. And you know them hanging around and doing what you're doing, and and the fact that you know it's it's been a transition 
what you've done, Coach, and like I said, I'm not just saying I would have said it. Matter of fact, I did say it on the air. What you've done in transition, sir, it, you should be commended because that was a big transition, and yet you guys have been really good, and we appreciate you. And like I said, um, we'll have you on again when. Let's let's speak it into when you guys make postseason, and we will definitely have you back on, sir. Thanks, Coach Jackson. We appreciate you, sir. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good evening. All right. Thanks, bro. All right. All right. Always good to have a, a, a bulldog, Bowie State. Of course, uh, Coach Jackson, an alum. I'm going to get the Mike Patton in just a bit. Stay tuned. This is the Bachelor News Radio Network. Hey. 
Welcome back to the show. We thank you for uh, joining us. I want to bring in two of my favorite people. Uh, of course, he is a blogger. He is a writer. He covers the AFC South, which is kind of funky, but the NFL is kind of funky anyway in terms of what's been going on. He's Mike Patton and my good friend, long, long-time friend, because he's an old dude, you know, um, from Black Athlete Sports Network. He is the uh, uh, editor-in-chief. He is the one and only Tony T. Mac McClain. What's up, T? What's up, uh, General? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Why you can't hear me? Hello? I hear you. Can you guys hear me at all? Yes. Okay. I I had to do... Hello? Hello? All right. Can, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. Right. Yep, I hear you. I don't know how to fix this. We, we're working on it. Hold on. Hold on. I don't know why. All right. Can you still hear me? Yep. Can you guys hear me at all? I hear you. I can't do both. All right. Let's see if I can get it right here. Can you guys hear me? Yep. All right, there we go. Sorry about that, Mike and T-Mac. Uh, you know, I didn't use this format in a minute, but we we are here, and I digress. Um, uh, I, I did the introductions, and we'll get back to some of the other introductions, guys, in, 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 in just a second. But I want to start with you, Mike. Um, when you look at the game of the week, so to speak, KC and Buffalo. Buffalo win regular season. They went toe-to-toe. There's some flaws on both sides. But what did you take from that game last night? Okay. Now we can't hear Mike. Mike, can you hear me? Okay, hold on one second. Let me do something here. Can you hear me, Mike? Can you hear me, Mike? Can you hear me, Mike? Can you hear me, sir? Can you hear me, sir? Mike? Mike. 
Mike, can you hear me? Okay. Okay. Here's here's what we're gonna do. We're going to revamp this, refresh it, and uh, get back to Mike and Tony. So you guys uh, stay tuned on the show. Mike, can you hear me? See, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay, great. So um, we're trying to get Mike Patton on the line. So with that being said, I wanted to touch base on MLB. And listen, I, I you know, I'm not trying to get Nico Dama's points, but I like that Philly team, the way they was coming in. Um, but who would have thought, especially in the National League, that Philly and – and listen, you said it all the time. San Diego got to stop with this who's your daddy thing, and they got to beat the Dodgers. And they actually beat the Dodgers. So now you got Philly and San Diego uh, in this game. Are you ultimately overly surprised by that? Well, see, here's the thing about San Diego. You know, know, the whole thing about them beating the Dodgers, but a lot of people thought – but the thing is you have to remember – They've played the majority of the last two years with him missing games. So it really wasn't that big of a – I mean, it was a big loss, but it wasn't like a devastating loss. They have won, you know, they have been – they have played the majority of these seasons without him. So – yeah, but they see, they, they, but, I mean, the Dodgers won 20 out of the last 15 or something along those lines, 16 out of 20, something like that. So, you know, I thought after game one, even though the Dodgers were shaky, and, and, and Mike, I see you, uh, even though the Dodgers were shaky, I thought, you know, they, it might go four, you know. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm totally surprised, and I don't know what's going to happen in that managerial position with him with with one title albeit it is a title uh, what's going to happen moving forward to, with this team but I was very surprised that San Diego won it was you know it, again it just sort of speaks to a short series and good pitching more than anything and, and timely hitting too of course but um, think of it all three 100 lost teams were one and done basically. So mm. even though, even though the regular season still means something, this was the and you know now now I hope that they don't go to the extreme now and change it back because the thing is, if you're the better team, you should still be able to win a short series. Yeah, I like I like the format. I do. You're right. Yeah, I know. Philly, Atlanta, man. I, I just, like I said, I thought 
Philly could beat Atlanta. I just, I just that feeling with the Harper's been really good. Their pitching's been better down the, the down the stretch. They didn't win the the division, and I know what Atlanta did to take this division, but I I just had that feeling about Philly, man. Well, the thing, and see, also these were two division games, and and as cliche as it may sound, you got to do it. You know, when when it comes to division, when you've got two divisional teams playing each other, you can sort of throw the um, you can sort of throw the records out. I mean, you know, right. the Giants won more games than the Dodgers last year. Dodgers won the series, right? And you know we've wow. seen this before. We've seen not now the Dodgers have been on the other end of this, of course, back in '88 uh, when the Mets beat them all season, and then they wound up beating them in seven games. So in that in that instance, it's it's not uh, it, it's happened before. But I first put it this way: if someone had told you two months ago Philly and San Diego in the uh, National League Championship Series, you was that? Ah, I wouldn't have believed it. Fit. No, yeah. no, not at all, not at all. And 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 you may get, you may wind up getting, you know, depending on what happens in the Bronx tonight, you may get Cleveland, Houston. But but but, but if we don't, and hopefully for me as a Yankee fan, we get Yankees, Houston. What are the odds that the, the Yankees? That whole Clayton Holmes thing, I, I, I don't even And I'm not – I told you I'm not an Aaron Boone guy anyway. But if, if, if that happens, you know, what are the chances you give? Because in the American League, like I said, it was Houston's lose anyway, right? So they, they took care of business. But, you know, with with the Yankees, they, they get a second bite at the apple with Houston – what are the chances that you give the Yankees to uh, – you're unbiased, of course. Um, their chances to actually beat Houston. Well, depending on how this thing plays out tonight, because if they get rained out tonight and then have to play tomorrow, it's going to be tough. Um, I still think Houston's the best – you know, if the Yankees right. win, I, I think um, – it goes maybe five. I mean, you know, the key is going to have to be the Yankees taking a game in Houston. They're going to have right. to for them to for them to have a shot. They've got to take a game in Houston, and I, and I just don't see it. Now, right. The thing is, um, Cole may not pitch until the first game back in New York. So now you're already, you know, now you're already uh, struck. I mean, you know, I guess maybe um, again. So much depends on tonight because, see, tonight is an all-hands-on-deck game. Both teams are it's, – it's a bullpen game for both teams tonight. So right. you literally – whoever wins, you literally got to look up and say, okay, we got one day. Who's – you know, again, barring if they get tonight's game in because right now the time's on the field and um, they're talking about possible rain – on and off all night. Now they 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 the thing is they're trying to they're trying not to get the game started and then have to push it back uh, to tomorrow. They're doing everything they can right. to get the game in tonight, but it's going to be tough. But um, whoever winds up winning, whether it is the Yankees or uh, Cleveland, 
they're always going to be at a disadvantage to a certain extent because they're only going to have a, you know, they're coming off of a bullpen game and they're only going to have basically one day to sort of peel off and see who's, who's able to, you know, um, pitch game one Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday night, I think game one for them. Right. And I, and you know, I mean, at that point, you're already in all hands on deck anyway. So you win, you win, you, you're already thinking, you win and you're thinking ahead of time that it's still going to be one of those in hell. You might see Severino or whoever that might come out as a starter to, to go in the bullpen. But, um, you know, if, if the, of course, if the Yankees win, then they got a tall task against Houston. Uh, yeah. Um, so we, we shall see. I want to bring in Mike Patton here and Patton, uh, Mike, uh, uh, General, I appreciate your patience, man. Sorry for the um, confusion and the delay. But we're talking about upsets, and I want to switch gears to college football. Um, You've been kind (laughs) of on Tennessee. You've been on Tennessee for a minute. Like last year, they were improving. You said it. And, you know, hey, I mean, the kicker made a big, big kick at the end. But offensively, they went toe-to-toe with Alabama. Were you surprised about that? No. Wasn't surprised at all. Um, They've shown signs uh, of being this type of offense, especially when Hendon Hooker took over. And they put up these type of numbers towards the end of last year. If people aren't, you know, aware, they were scoring almost 40-some-odd points a game closing out the year last year. So this is – just basically a continuation of last year, except they're running the football better with uh, right. the running backs, with uh, Jabari Small and uh, and uh, Wright, and, uh, the other running back, and also Hooker. Music, he's also running the football. But they're doing a lot of this, which people don't know. They're missing their number one wide receiver. He has been missing since for like three games. He's not yeah, the big the kid. Uh, what's scored his five name? Yeah. Tillman, yeah, Tillman. They're missing, and he's a and he's one of the top wide receivers in the country. They're missing him, and they're still putting up prolific numbers each week. And Mike, I asked you, I asked you probably <clears throat> the start of the year in terms of the SEC in in particular, and the fact that maybe things get kind of flipped upside down, that maybe the uh, SEC is not as good. You said, well, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and Tennessee and Kentucky and you see, and I'm glad. Ole Miss. You know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, yeah, Ole Miss, but I'm not a, 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 a Jimbo Fisher fan the way he left my, my Seminoles. So I'm glad they lost to Alabama and, and they kind of fell off the, fall off the, the cliff. But you know, Alabama, it's almost like Alabama loses now. It's not as big of a deal, Mike. It's like, okay, because the, the conference is getting better. And that's what I was saying. Is the conference coming down to Alabama as opposed to it's mediocre? Because there's a difference. If the conference is getting better and they and you see every year Alabama lose it to a team they haven't lost to in 19-whatever, and they lost to Tennessee, 
then is the conference getting better or is the talent leaving Alabama going other places than SEC and playing better? Well, I believe uh, talent is still coming to Alabama. I believe other teams are eating better. You look at the Tennessee, you look at the Georgias that got better, you look at the Ole Misses that got better, you look at the Arkansas that have gotten better, even though I can't say they've gotten great, they've gotten better. Um, right. You know, there's plenty of teams that have gotten better uh, over the time. Of course, there is other teams that have uh, kind of went the other way, which is perfect, uh, by the way. But, um, you know, there's just teams that have gotten better, teams that, that people didn't think could potentially get it right, but actually have got it right, which, I mean, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm a little bit amazed by Ole Miss, even with, you know, inconsistent quarterback play, they're still winning games and pretty much handling teams. And they still have to face uh, Alabama as well. That's what people forget. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it really seems as though, like you said, it's just that talent is spreading out. Uh, I mean, you know, certainly uh, Alabama still Alabama in terms of, um, you know, they're, they're winning, but uh, certainly it's been – uh, a lot of expansion in terms of the talent spread out. Talking with uh, Mike Patton and Tony T. Matt McQueen here on the Bassin News Radio Show. <laughs> Excuse me, Mike. <laughs> Who's the real number one? <laughs> oh, boy. That's a good question. I mean, you could go back and forth to Ohio State and Georgia, but honestly, the more consistent team, in my opinion, for the, for the year has been Ohio State. Not Georgia, not Alabama, before they were defeated, of course. But to me, the more consistent team is Ohio State. To me, they're the number one team in the nation. Uh, but, you know, in my opinion, the only thing that really matters is if you're within that top four in BCS. Rankings are fine and dandy right now, but those things really don't matter when December hits. Really matter. Well, they really don't matter until December hits, I should say. Well, you know, Ohio State, you're right. Uh, they got Iowa and then Michigan coming up, of course, and Georgia has got to do what they need to do. Uh, I agree with you. They haven't been as consistent. But, you know, if you're not top five, you you know, a, a, after November, then you're you're screwed anyway. So, um, mm, you don't I wouldn't get, say necessarily. I would, you don't I wouldn't think say so? Necessarily just, no, not, uh, especially if you're uh, – you're in the SEC. You still have chances. To, uh, you still have chances to play people. Uh, again, your prime example: uh, Tennessee plays uh, plays Georgia first weekend in November. So they still have chances. <laughs> so you know mm-hmm. those are games that are still out there uh, as well. So you know, and also of course, I believe you have Ole Miss. Those got to play Alabama. I think they play Alabama in November, or either that or in a couple weeks, or close to November, but. Those games that still can boost you up that are definitely in November. But, of course, you know, once you mid-November, it's over. I'm talking with Mike Patton. Mike, uh, switching gears to um, Tennessee State, um, the mm-hmm. struggles continue. I know they got uh, Eastern Washington. No, I'm, I'm sorry, not Eastern Washington. They got um, uh, Tennessee. Nope. Uh, Eastern they did, Illinois, they did, they, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. They actually, they actually – go ahead, I'm sorry. 
Go ahead. I was going to say that, uh, you know, the struggles actually are over for them, to be honest. They had lost four in a row, which, you know, the fourth loss was to Division Two team in Lane, which, of course, that drew a lot of uh, ire and consternation from Tennessee State fans. But the last couple games, they've averaged, let's see, they've averaged 35 points a game. They got their starting quarterback back. They got a few other pieces back offensively, and they've been rolling. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, what's the, the, the deal in terms of what they need to do to turn it around for, for folks that don't know about their play? Because, you know, you want to make sure um, that they're they're playing at a high level if they're trying to win that OVC, or at least be in the position. And as a, you know, a, 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 an official uh, HBCU, you might be looking at some postseason play if you can write the ship. Well, the good thing is uh, of those four losses, uh, all four of them are not in the conference. So, you know, the first two games, one against Eastern Washington, which is a top 15 uh, SCS team. Then you have Jackson State, top 15 SCS team. Division one team in Mississippi State, and then you know the soccer was lame. Of course, you, you should put it that game. But um, the good thing is they started one and zero in the conference. They won two games in a row. They beat up on Bethune Cookman, forty one seventeen, and then beat up on uh, Tennessee Tech thirty thirty to uh, fourteen, which it was thirty and nothing yeah. going into the fourth quarter. So right. this this week they have a team in Eastern Illinois. They should be. Uh, if they win this game, they're 2-0 and in the OVC. They're at the top of the OVC conference with teams like UT Martin and uh, Southeast Missouri, which they see both of those teams, those those teams, the finish out the year, I believe. So that's uh, the biggest thing. If finish out the conference, win your conference, which their toughest game is going to be UT Martin. UT Martin uh, went to the playoffs, won a playoff game last year, uh, got to the second round and lost. Uh, so I would say they're going to be the toughest team they have to face. They're they're a they're a top fifteen FCS team as well, or FBS FCS team. So that'll be the toughest game they have to play the rest of the season. They've already played all the toughest games, and now I will say this also: they do have to get a little bit more consistency offensively. That's probably just because they haven't had their starting quarterback. They just got him back clearly for the for them cooking game. He was he was injured in the uh, MTSU game, and they had a backup in, and it didn't go well. He directly led to to two touchdowns per game, basically with a fumble, where they picked up and ran it for a touchdown, and they threw an intercept, and he threw an interception right before half that went for a touchdown. So, yeah. So with their starting quarterback with a lot of weapons back, because he he can create. Their starting quarterback can create when there's nothing there. To give you a prime example, starting 13 against Tennessee Tech. He drops back. He does a quarterback draw, and he scores from 50 yards out. Basically, he mm. takes it around the edge. But he he hits the seam. Safety comes up to stop him. He basically turns like he's about to cut across the field, throws the safety, and kept going straight. So the safety just basically froze, and when he froze, he got right past him for 50 yards. So with that kind of playmaking at quarterback, and then another prime example I'll give you, he had a safety against Bethune Cookman coming straight at him that was free. When he sees him coming, he does a spin, a 360, 
makes that guy miss, throws it to a, a tight end or a wide receiver, ends up uh, taking a seven-yard loss and turning it into a 20-yard game. So having that kind of playmaking back there makes a huge difference. Yeah, I think that um, I, I think uh, they they need to write the ship um, uh, in terms of uh, Eastern Illinois will probably be their their toughest. Like you said, their toughest out moving forward. They they can you know win these games uh, home or away, then you know it, it's a a better situation for them moving forward. Uh, but Eastern Illinois is going to be tough. Uh, T, and then, um, Mike, you know, you look at the NFL, I want to switch there real quick, Tony, and, you know, you, you're up there in, in uh, G-Man land and Jet land. I mean, they're nine and three combined. Who would have thought the Giants and Jets would be nine and three after 12 games combined, six, of course, for each other? That they'd be nine and three, and you know the Jets beat some people. Of course, they have uh, some teams that had a starting quarterback. Pittsburgh is straight garbage, but you're beating who is in front of you. You know the, the Giants beat a very good, maybe a little inconsistent, but very good Ravens team to go to five and one. What say you up there? What are they saying in terms of the? Uh, the two teams in in New York, not to mention the team, the the real team that they say is the best team in in football, and you know the Bills. Well, you know the you know the hype in New York is huge. You know, a lot of people have more right. higher expectations for the Jets than with the Giants going into the season. But uh, I don't know if anyone would have thought of them being four and two um, this early. The Giants, right. it's still I, – I think the Giants are a product of their schedule so far. I never try to take that away from teams because they just, you know, whatever, you know, you play out who, who's on your schedule. But um, I think it's just – I think a lot of what's going on with the Giants is that this is basically, you know, with the, with the Giants, it's basically a minute work sort of thing because right. they're trying to figure out who they're going to build around and who they're going to keep and, and, and basically everything else. So everybody's basically, if they're not playing for their job here, they're playing for a job somewhere else. So maybe they're taking advantage of that. With the Jets, the Jets um, are trying to build something. Uh, they have they have pieces in place. they got a lot of um, young first- and second-round talent, too, uh, T. Definitely. And they're in a, nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're in a – and here's the thing with the Jets. The Jets early on look a lot like the old Giants in the sense of if you can run the ball and you can stop the run, you'll always be in games. And in that division, even though Buffalo is is uh, king, you've got some other teams that are still sort of trying to find themselves. Now, you know um, – Miami, whether they want to admit it or not, losing Tua for possibly the end of the year or possibly his career is huge because, I mean, I love Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't know if they're – you can consider them a playoff team if, uh, you know, if, if he's under center. And um, mm-hmm. it's a sort of thing where there is – you know, if they, if they whisper this way, 
if they if they're able to keep doing what they're doing, especially defensively, there's a wild card waiting for them. There's mm-hmm. a possible wild card waiting for them. To me, they'll go as far as their defense takes them, and I think their defense is very, 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 very underrated. They may have, um, again, they may have the second best defense in that division next to Buffalo. And, you know, uh, uh, Mike, and you can comment on both the New York teams. And, oh, by the way, they both beat Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Overrated. Um, But I don't even know who has an easier shot or tougher shot in the AFC East and NFC East because, you know, the Giants got to deal with a very good Eagle team. You saw what they did in terms of, okay, wow, Dallas come back. Okay, let's just run it and – do what we need to do. And then, you know, the Bills go on to Kansas City, like people thought, and they win. So Jets, Giants, I don't know who has a better shot, but it's 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 fair to say that both of those divisions are pretty good. Definitely, definitely. But I say the team that has the better shot to go to the playoffs out of these two teams, I would say the Giants have the, have the better shot. Mm. Let me explain. Let me explain. I'm pretty sure I would, I knew I would make it that that wow or whoa. What is he saying? Type of reaction. But um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily because the Giants are that great team, even though they are pretty disciplined uh, and they don't beat themselves. Uh, what I will say is that they are playing in the weaker of the two divisions. You've got so many different teams in the AFC that can make things happen. In the NFC, there's a couple teams, and then there's the rest of everybody else. So, you know, there, there's really not a team you can say, okay, besides the Eagles, you got the Cowboys, you got the Giants. It's pretty much the teams that everyone talks about right now. Uh, nobody's really talking about Tampa Bay. Nobody's really talking about the 49ers Rams right now because nobody knows what, you know, they're consistent enough. I mean, nobody's talking well, about the Well, I was going to bring up everybody, – Go ahead. Because nobody really talks about the Vikings because not everybody, everyone's waiting on Kirk, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins to become Kirk Cousins again. So with all those different varieties of things going on, I would say the Giants are in a better position as opposed to what the the uh, Jets are because Jets do have to face Mr. Josh Allen not once, not twice the rest of the way. So that's right. that's something to think of as well. Right, and I, 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 of course, we're talking with Mike Patton here on the Bachelor News Radio Show. Mike, I, I, I get that, but there are three teams just to wrap up um, that, again, on the radar, how good are they? Um, and you look at the Ravens, and I pray for this kid not to get hurt so he won't get his money. Um, and then you mentioned the other two the Rams and the Cowboys. Now, the the Cowboys, I think, are a product of their um, schedule, but their defense has been better. And the Rams, I think me and Tony saw this coming. Like, they – obviously, they got some offensive line issues, but Matthew Stafford, man, issues or not is a six-pick waiting to happen. Like, it's just – he keeps throwing them. And he threw one uh, this past Sunday, and it 
almost cost them the game. So uh, address those those three um, teams, sir. All right. You said the Cowboys. You said the Rams. Yep. And what was the other team? The Cowboys, the Rams, and the uh, Ravens. Okay. As far as the Ravens, uh, I'll talk about them first. The Ravens got to finish games. They're not finishing games. They're they're getting things done, but then they're finding ways to not finish games, whether it be a Lamar decision in the passing game, whether it be the defense not stepping up. You can go any which way you want. The fact of the matter is they're not finishing games. That's huge. They can't. They're not going to go anywhere if they're not going to finish games, and that could be an issue for them getting to the playoffs. I'm kind of a little concerned about that team, to be honest. They just cannot finish games. And the funniest thing is they lost to a team that was their defensive coordinator was their former defensive coordinator that they let go, and he and he actually gave them a whole bunch of problems. So it might not have wanted to have let him go, Mr. Harbaugh. That's just a thought. But uh, as far as the Cowboys, uh, the thing I hate about the Cowboys, I'm just going to say it. The thing I hate about the Cowboys, they they do a completely great game plan for a guy who's a backup, and that's why they, that's what helped them offensively, the running game and the defense. It wasn't that they that Cooper Rush was just out there just doing everything to make this offense great. It's because he had a running game and defense. The thing is with their deck, they just decide they want to start laying it up in the air all the time. I'm like, look, the thing that made you all successful was the running game and defense. Why would you go away from that? All the thing is, you, you give Dak maybe 20 passes, 20, 25 passes a game, he still can be effective and explosive in the passing game with the weapons they have. You just don't put the whole game on him. And I think that is the biggest indictment of the Dallas Cowboys in my opinion. Just that it, it, it frustrates me to know it. As far as the Rams, they just don't have it. They just lost their 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 offensive tackle, uh, no bloom. They just lost him for the season with a torn Achilles, and they were already struggling up front to begin with. Cam Akers, personal personal decisions or disagree with the organization, you're getting ready to trade him or release him. They just don't have it offensively, and then of course Allen Robinson, you know, besides the catch every now and then. He just doesn't seem to be a part of that offense. So they have a lot of issues offensively and consequently defensively. The biggest issue that no one talks about on this team, besides Aaron Donald, who rushes the quarterback? It certainly is not Leonard Floyd. Because Leonard Floyd is being paid to be that guy, but in three years, can anyone name me a time that he's had 10 sacks? I can't. Well, the Gremlins are working overtime tonight. <laughs> but uh, T Mac, I, I can definitely say I, I don't. Uh, I don't believe very much in the Rams right now. I, I believe the other teams can probably get things done a little bit more than the Rams right now. Uh, the yeah, Cowboys, I, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think the Rams. You know, they, they you know, they had they, they sold their soul last year to get that um, Super Bowl. And um, it's it's it, you know it it, it I, I just don't think um, they were good you know they weren't they were never really I was never really impressed with them being that dominant I mean I give them their credit for winning it I'm glad that you know um, Donald has his Super Bowl I mean he was gonna he's a Hall of Famer anyway but it's nice to just have that extra uh, thing to have it 
you know, but um, to me, again, um, they don't scare anybody running the ball. You know, I'm old school. I still think you still have to run the ball in this league to win. And the Rams have been – the Rams still um, are one of those teams that feel like they have to throw the ball 40 times a game. And I, and I think it catches up to you to a certain extent. Because yeah, you're asking your defense, you're saying, you're asking your defense to basically not win the game for you, but you know they're gonna they're gonna be doing you know, you're just hoping that they're not gassed by the third quarter. Yes, and the thing is, the defense isn't quite the same defense anymore either. I mean, exactly. I love Jalen Ramsey. Went to my high school. He represents out there, but he has his moments where he gets beat too, and it's like any defensive back will. Uh, but you know, defensively, they can't bring pressure. And that's going to take yeah. any defensive back if they have to cover for a long time. I mean, the thing is, Leonard Floyd, let's just call a spade a spade. Leonard Floyd has not been anything they thought he was going to be. And he continues to be no. that. He continues to be quiet yeah. while Aaron yeah. Donald yeah. is the only one out there doing his thing. And you can't ask him to you – know, he can't make every tackle, even though I guess physically he could if he wanted to. But you can't – you know, he'll be – you know, he won't be about by the time the playoffs rolls around. He'll be, you know, he'll be he'll be, uh, you know, worn down. And what's interesting is with that division as well. Um, you know, we're still trying to figure out what the Forty ers are. Um, Seattle is probably a little bit better than advertised, but they've got their. You know, I don't know about you know, we're we're a little over a month in. And yeah, you know, you have the usual suspects that are at the top of their games or whatever. But that second, it seems like you got the it's, it's a top-heavy league overall, and then everybody else literally has like major, major flaws, whether it be offensively or defensively. Now, again, I know because the season is, you know, it, it's a it's more of a marathon now than a sprint, but. I don't know if you feel the same way is that, you know, the NFL right now to me, it's about say four or five, you know, Donald, uh, dominant teams. And then everybody else is literally and figuratively sort of trying to, you know, gain an identity. Right. They're trying to figure it yeah. out is what they're trying to do. I mean, it's a lot of two and four teams uh, and 500 teams. So um, I digress. Um, Mike, when you uh, you look at the um, league game, with, uh, I won't hold you long, Buffalo and Kansas City, I mean, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, because whoever ends in the regular season of that best record, I think, you know, um, one or the other two, two mentioned will be the second best, and they'll be representing the National Football League, so. Uh, what you know? What um, you think is going to happen in terms of when you look at the AFC um, and the fact that Kansas City lost? Is, is Buffalo the team to beat now because they won um, offensively against Kansas City, or you expect Kansas City to be at the end? Honestly, Kansas City and, and Buffalo, I mean, I think Buffalo could be the team to host the actual um, 
AFC Championship game this year. And that's the thing that Kansas City probably won't like, just because it's a different type of cold up there. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think that's a huge thing for Buffalo to go in there and win. However, I will say, the last time this happened, of course, was last year, and Buffalo beat Kansas City in the regular season, and then Kansas City beat them in the playoffs. So, you know, while everyone's excited, thinking this might be the turning stone for the for the Buffalo Bills, you got to also remember, they haven't seen them in the playoffs yet. And that's where they always lose the games, not necessarily in the regular season, where, you know, it counts more in the postseason, of course, obviously. But, you know, my one concern, though, I will say, the one concern I did, will say the Buffalo Bills addressed it a little bit more against Kansas City is developing a running game outside of Josh Allen running the football. That bothers me. The reason why it bothers me is because he's as big as linebackers, tight ends, and things like that. So he takes on more hits than what Lamar would take on. Lamar runs, and he knows get down, get out of bounds, or, you know, kind of, you know, position himself to take on hits. No, no, no. Mr. Mr. Allen goes and takes on people. He hurdles some people, but he takes on more people. And it's just, it, to me, it, it, you're asking for trouble if you keep on doing that. Okay. Um, I don't want to make sure I can get that in here, guys. Mike, uh, ultimately, when you look at the AFC South and then you look at the NFC South, obviously Matt Rule is out uh, with Carolina. Uh, you you look at the struggles in that division. Even Tampa loses to the Squealers, um, and Brady seems like his arm, that that's a wrap for him. When you look at uh, the teams that are – 500 or better, I mean, who who do you think is the best team in the league? Most people say Buffalo, but Kansas City doesn't have a lot of defense anyway, so Buffalo is going to score them, them points anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, so. Man, then the AFC South and the NFC South is the best, uh, who's the best, uh, best out of those, out of those bunches? Is that, is that what you were asking me? I couldn't understand. Did you lose him again? Hmm? I didn't hear you. Oh, I was uh I didn't hear what you were you asking me No, I said uh, when you they, look at the AFC Look at the AFC South and the NFC South, um, and in comparison to you know you got the the woeful Panthers and 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 teams alike, and Atlanta and Tampa in first place. Who who would have known that? And you look at the Colts, um, starting to inch away a little bit in terms of wins and things, and getting it done against Jacksonville. You know who's Who's the best team in each division and why? 
Okay, well, right now I would say, you know, as crazy as it sounds, the Atlanta Falcons are playing the best football of any, any team in the AS, NFC South. They're getting after the football offensively, I mean, defensively. Offensively, they're physical. They're, uh, Mariota is, he's played a couple clean games, which, you know, he never did that in Tennessee. <laughs> so, it, you know, to my amazement, I would say the Atlanta Falcons are playing the best football right now. It's still early. But they're playing the best football in the division right now. They're the best team right now. As far as the AFC South, I can't give it to I cannot give it to Indianapolis because Indianapolis, you know, bless their souls. They they haven't been necessarily the most consistent model. Uh and in this game, Matt Ryan had to throw the ball fifty eight times for them right. to win the game against the against the, the uh Jaguars. Yeah, he almost threw for 400 yards, 389 yards passing, three touchdowns, 42 of 58, which is insane. You can't throw it that many times, to be honest. But that, you know, that's not a consistent way of winning. So that's why I, I can't pick them. I would I would say the Titans, you know, the first couple of games they played, but they've kind of figured themselves out a little bit more, but then they give up the big play offensively. And, of course, who do they have to see this week? The Indianapolis Colts, who just put up 389 yards, Michael Pittman, Jr., uh, the tight ends and uh, and uh, Alec Pierce, the rookie out of uh, Cincinnati. So those two right now, I still say are the top two teams in the division. Jacksonville is uh, they were looking like it for the first three games, and then they haven't recovered. I don't think from the Philadelphia loss. I mean, well, one person in particular did better this game, which would be they all should be Trevor Lawrence. He he actually was twenty and twenty two, but he only threw for like one hundred and sixty three yards. That's not a lot. So to me, <clears throat> I think it's still the Colts and it's still the Titans. And it's still a toss up because well, they'll see each other this Sunday. So we'll definitely figure out which one is better after that. Well, you know, um, as it relates to. Uh, Dallas, they were talking trash. Micah Parsons was talking about, you know, how we don't know how good um, Jalen Hurts was. They haven't played the Cowboys. There's a lot of trash talking going on in that division as well. Um, uh, uh, I want to kind of get you guys' thoughts on uh, T on the uh, baseball, but to do the football um, first in terms of who you think will will win in some of these games? Uh, big ups to the Commanders finally getting off the snide and beating Chicago, who's very bad. T, but um, when you hey, look broken, at a broken, a broken clock is right two times a day. So yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, yeah. speaking of broken, uh, Carson Wentz is out four to six weeks with fractured fingers. Yeah. Well, that was well, that that was convenient, wasn't it? Wow! Yeah, hey, broken clock twice a day, and now broken hand too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I thought that was I thought that was kind of interesting that he conveniently came up with a broken finger all of a sudden. Wink, wink, nod, 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 judge. Right, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah nice bit of surgery team. this week, and uh, and the Colts, uh, the Colts are mad right now because if he doesn't play seventy percent of those games, then they don't get a second round pick for trading him. Mm, yeah. It, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them. Um, at the time it's broadcast, Broncos Chargers no score. Um, it, 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 gee, when you 
look at next week and I mean I'm so so tired of um the the Cowboys and you know, they, they're like cockroaches. They come out in in droves but then you can't, you know, see what they're doing or they start losing and then, you know, they they hide is what they do. But you know, when you, you look at them, you know, they've been you know, uh, kicking this good Cooper Rush guy in like he's going to be a starter. Dak's supposed to be back. What 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 do you see happening in that quarterback position uh, with Dak? The, the let me preface this: the Dallas Cowboys are the Los Angeles Lakers of the NFL in the sense of way too much drama, way too much attention. Number one, let's get, let's get that out the way. Uh, number two. Uh, to steal from the late Dennis Green, uh, he was exactly who we thought he is. Uh, uh, all, all these folks, even the even other Cowboy fans who all of a sudden want to just forget everything that Dak has done for them, they're a 500 team. They're barely a 500 team without Dak Prescott. Let's just you know, let's, you know, it's just all so stop all the silliness and all the madness. Uh, that being said, defensively they're okay. They're all, they're always going to be in games for the most part because they play good defense. The thing with them is number one, and I know they won't because it's more of a money thing. Uh, the other kid uh, is, is is a is a better is is a better running back than Zeke right now. Plain and simple, but. Because they have money invested in Zeke, Zeke's going to get his carries or what have you. But I do think at some point they're going to have to have a come to Jesus moment and, and um, let this kid be the dominant dominant running back. Because if they don't, they're going to you know they're going to they're going to be they're going to struggle. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that they, they're, it's, I mean, Dallas has got a lot going on to me. They just got a lot going on. They just need to simplify the game plan and use those same things with Dak. And Dak would look like the Dak before he uh, got his big contract and they decided they were going to throw the ball all around the yard. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's not, that's, that sounds good, but it's not a way to win consistently. Get the running game going, protect your young offensive tackle and Tyler Smith. And then things will be better offensively. But if not, you're going to get those Cooper Rush games. And then when if Dak was to have a Cooper Rush game, then um, you're looking at uh, you're looking at every news station talking about him right now. But because it's Cooper sure. Rush, nobody's talking about him at all. It's it's interesting. They want to be, they want to pass. They want to become a passing team, and then they let their best receiver go. So, right. Kind of, well, know, I'll, I'll say crazy. this. That man was a. I'll say this. With when it comes to uh, Amari Cooper, I call him Mister Inconsistent, or I call him the Disappearing Man. Whichever you choose to call him, you stick with it. But the reason why I call him that is because he shows up sometimes, and other times you forget he's on the field. So I don't really have a problem with him letting, them letting him go. I did it all because I'm like, honestly, he shows up half the time. Once you damn half the salary. There you go. That that maybe that'll help him show up a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just that they didn't have a didn't seem like they had a plan B though. That's that's the only thing. Well, they did. They just had a 
Gallup. But, I mean, do I think Gallup is as good as they come? No. Gallup uh, is still grabbing from a knee injury. He's back, but he's not back. Catch me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did we lose L.A. again? I don't know. It's like Johnny, like Johnny Carson without the Johnny, without without Johnny Carson. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, it's but um, uh, just to get, uh, I I know it's probably something that that's been talked about uh, before. Uh, how, do you think we have seen the last? I, I know there's talking about him possibly starting this week, but. If 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 you're you know and and again it's hard to get in these guys' heads because they want to play and everything like that but should you know where do you go with Tua from there do you do you sit him down for the rest of the year or do you you know does does he play again after all of this craziness? Uh yeah he does play. Uh, to be honest, uh, you know I definitely understand uh, the level of concern and people are saying he should sit out, sit out for a year, do these different things. Um, but I think a lot of that is coming from the shock of what we saw, not necessarily the examination of the medical professionals. Um, you know we see a lot of things that shock us every day, and the thing is we react with a lot of shock and a lot of different things as opposed to reacting like okay. This is what happened. But, but, you know, that's just where we wired as human beings. Mm-hmm. When something hits us and shocks us, we're going we're gonna to act in a shocking way. It's just who we are. Um, but, you know, eventually he's going to have to get back out there and play. He sat out three or four weeks. He's actually sat out an additional week than when he really had to. Uh, you know, whether we want to believe that or not, that's on us. But, you know, that just is what it is. He'll be back out there and They'll be playing on uh, on Sunday, so it is what it is at this point. And, you know, um, just have to have faith in the actual medical professionals, which I know that can be very shaky, especially for us as black people. But it is, what other choice do you have? Sitting out, you know. Basically, the the other option would be him sitting out, and then also thinking of you know the Derrick Rose situation where he didn't feel his knee was right, even though he was cleared and healthy, but he had a mental heart. Mm-hmm. So which one are we going to have? Are we going to have a guy that sits out, has the mental hurdle and can't quite get that, that mental hurdle over that mental hurdle? Or are we going to have the guy that um, that basically comes back and people are like, I don't know if he should play again this year. You know, we can't have it both ways. All right. Makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Definitely. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, you know where the, you saw the Titans got approved for a new stadium, right? Wow, it's it's already it's already obsolete in their minds already after all these years. It's uh, it's been around since '99, so uh, it'll probably be in another year or so, year or two, and then it'll be 25 years. But what happened was it didn't obsolete, but what happened was when they did an assessment of it. The assessment that that repairs on it would end up costing them as much as uh, what a new stadium would cost them. Mm. So they're like, well, we might as well build a new stadium. Build a new stadium, yeah. (laughs) What's that? 
No, I was just saying, I was just saying, yeah. So so in their eyes it's like they're better they gotta new build a new stadium instead of trying to instead of doing the um instead of doing the repairs. Right. And now the thing is the stadium's gonna cost about two point two billion. Here's the all the other thing with it. Eight hundred thousand of it, the tight eight hundred million, I'm sorry, the Titans are bringing in and uh in money from uh, they're bringing in the money from you know private sources and stuff like that. The the state of Tennessee, you know, five hundred million, and the rest of it uh, they're they're figuring that out. But I I can't remember how the rest of it is, but that's basically all the things that are going into it. Um, so in essence, it's not going to be not going to be as expensive for the taxpayers as. You know, on the front end, more than likely, but somehow, some way, we're going to see something. Like this, <laughs> you know, we are. Right, right, right. And, oh, and it has it's going to have a dome on it too, by the way. Wow, they're looking for the a why, dome. And they're going to put a dome on it. Here's the reason why. That was one of the stipulations when uh, the governor put was putting away this money. He said, uh, "You know, I'll do it, but you know, we need to have a dome on the stadium." Reason why he wants to have a dome on the stadium, you already know what he, they already know what the thinking is already. Super Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah, sure, sure. Now what is that? That's okay. what is that about? Seventy five yep. now up there? Uh uh, uh where, where they play? It's about seventy five thousand, seventy thousand? No, no, the stadium they play in now is about sixty, sixty to sixty five. Oh, uh the I new stadium the new stadium uh uh-uh, the new stadium's probably gonna be sixty to about sixty thousand feet too. Uh, that's what the the word is so far. Probably be about sixty thousand. Well, that's gonna. That probably kills it. They're still gonna get. They're still. Nah, they're still in the. They're still in the final way. Uh, the NFL, if you notice the pattern, the NFL. Once you build a new stadium, the NFL finds a way to get you a Super Bowl at least one year. They always do. So. That's probably what's going to end up happening. They're probably going to get a Super Bowl. Um, you know, you saw what happened when they when they brought the draft here. It looked like a, just a big old giant maze of people. So, you know, to be honest, they'll probably bring a Super Bowl here. I could see it coming in five or six years. And I will tell anybody that is coming to this city, do not drive our week. Don't do it. <laughs> get you a get you a scooter. Get you get your scooter to roll through the streets and that get you a uh, what is it get you a uh, get you an Uber they can drop you off close to places that's the best thing to do because if you drive you'll be stuck in gridlock a lot because I'm I mean I'm I'll tell you I, I'm in this traffic every day and mm-hmm. I, I drive from Antioch which is a little bit outside of Nashville it's not that far it's basically a couple streets over and I'm in Nashville but. Where I drive, I'm, I'm southeast. I'm, I'm near past the airport. So going in, and I go into downtown every day. So it takes me from where, without traffic, it probably takes me about about 15 minutes, right? Sometimes traffic, if there's an accident, it's going to take me about 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes. So you can imagine what this traffic's going to look like with all these people here for the Super Bowl. That's why I'm telling people. Do not drive if you don't have to. Take an Uber if you can. And and I'm I'm you know I'm I'm curious just you know is the parking how's the parking situation that that probably just adds even more to it I guess. 
Oh, this is a nice, nice little bit that I'm going to throw into this. Uh, you see where the Titans have the stadium, and you see that parking lot that's right next to it uh, by the interstate? I believe so, yeah. I mean, I've stopped seeing the shots, yeah. Guess where the guess where the new stadium is going? Right behind it? No, the park uh, right by the interstate. Oh, really? Oh, jeez. So it's going right <laughs> next to it, more, and they're knocking down. And they're knocking down the old stadium. They're going to make that into some kind of entertainment district. They're making it an entertainment district basically all around the stadium. So it's kind of like lead towards East Nashville, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a big old – and it's right there by the Cumberland River. So it's literally going to be a whole – all that entertainment and all that stuff right there on the Cumberland River, which is going to be nuts. I can already imagine yeah. it being uh, a lot of a lot of different folks down there, and a lot of interesting uh, events going on. There's going to be different concerts. There's going to be WrestleMania is probably going to come here. Probably going to be some world tours. I mean, it's going to be a lot of different stuff that's going to end up coming to uh, the stadium, where it's going to basically be a concert venue too. And and if it's going to be uh, like a dome, like you said, that also could open them up for a possible uh, Final Four as well. Final Four, uh, college football playoffs. At the very very least, the regional. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then also you got to think that they're going to have different games there too. They're going to have different games uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of like, you know, classic games or something like that. Sure. And I think also what's going to end up happening also, I would say this too with the Titans, and you know they have a deal with the uh, you know the Titans have a deal with the uh, the Titans have a deal with the uh, TSU Tigers. Of course, you know that's where they play their home games. I think mm-hmm. that deal mm-hmm. is you know eventually that deal is going to be up. I don't think the Titans. I don't think that the the I don't think TSU goes into that new stadium. I think oh, what really? the plan should be for TSU is. I think I think what the plan should be for TSU is once that deal expires, is to have their stadium ready to go back to uh, the hole, where they can get more students mm-hmm. at the games and things like that. That environment, if they can you know bit by bit fix up the the, uh, the hole. I think the environment, because you saw the environment when they played against Lane, there was eleven thousand people there, and mm-hmm. it was eleven, and it was rocking over there, rocking. It was the stands were packed. I mean, it was the it was the most packed I had seen it in my entire time covering Tennessee State football at the hole. And I've been to uh, more than a few games at the hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they was the most packed I've ever seen it. Was, I, I guess I, LA I is not coming back then. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, one, one last one before you go. Uh, now. Also, with that, now they have a bowl. They also have a bowl game that's played there, isn't it? Is like the the music, music city music, music city, city bowl. Uh, bowl, right? Right, that's correct. So they'll probably play that. They'll probably take that over to the uh, to the new stadium as well. I would guess. Yes, sir. You know it. They're not going to turn away that bowl money. But the thing is, they oh, have no, that no, bowl, especially if they can get more fans in the seats too. Right, and they'll end up having that ball, and they'll have another another game as well. So they'll probably try to add two games to that. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. 
Wouldn't be surprised at all. Hey, Mike, as usual, man, thanks for joining us. Uh, just so that everybody know how they can catch up with you on uh, social media and all the other good stuff. Well, you can find me on Twitter at MikePadden82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-W-T-O-N-82. You can also uh, find me on uh, touring the AFC South. Uh, of course, I host that show. do four shows a week now. Um, let's see. Or maybe five this week. I think I had a feature podcast I'm going to do on a particular Jacksonville Jaguar. But um, you can find me, of course, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, uh, let's see, iHeartRadio, uh, what else did I name? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, you can find me there too. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty much everywhere on that one. I've got Ben Arthur, who works for Fox Sports and covers the ASC South going on this week. I've got Jamal Murphy. He is the co-host of uh, the Bill Roden on Sports podcast. Yes, everyone, you should know who Bill Roden is. If you don't know who he is, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah really. <laughs> hey, as always, man, appreciate you. You take care. Yes, sir, you do the same. All right, man. Folks, um, uh, thanks for another edition of the Bachelor Pad. We will talk to you down the road soon. Take care.